Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. It's Monday. It is Monday. And it's Text Talk. What are we talking about this week? Psalm 39. Psalm 39. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. Let's read it. To the choir master, to Jejuthun. A Psalm of David. I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle so long as the wicked are in my presence. I was mute and silent. I held my peace to no avail, and my distress grew worse. My heart became hot within me. As I mused, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. O Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of the fool. I am mute. I do not open my mouth, for it is you who have done it. Remove your stroke from me. I am spent by the hostility of your hand. When you discipline a man with rebukes for sin, you consume like a moth what is dear to him. Surely all mankind is a mere breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears, for I am a sojourner with you, a guest like all my fathers. Look away from me, that I may smile again before I depart and am no more. So as you're reading this psalm, it brings to my mind some echoes of Psalm 37, I guess it was, that just uh, kind of a wisdom flavor to this psalm. When it talks about the tongue and speech, when it talks about life is so short, like a breath, like a vapor, um, you know, that puts me in mind of some messages I get in Proverbs, I get in Ecclesiastes. Is this one of these wisdom psalms? Well, again, the problem with labeling and giving the genres is there's no handbook that God inspired to tell us, here's what this one's supposed to be, here's what another is supposed to be. Most of the folks who label it actually label it a lament. Oh, really? As, as they look at his lamenting the sin that's coming later, deliver me from all my transgressions, do not make me the scorn of the fool, I am mute, uh, hear my prayer, give ear to my cry, hold not your peace at my tears. And okay. so most of them... I guess my eyes just went to other parts of this. Sure. Well, again, <laughs> that, that's the problem with, with these labels. You yeah. know, sometimes... I, well, when we were reading Psalm 37, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, that's wisdom. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like no matter who's reading it, we're going to, yeah, that's wisdom. That's Proverbs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think some of these, it might depend on the day and what your perspective and what you've been thinking about and what else you've been reading, (laughs) what you're picking up on, because certainly this one has wisdom aspects to it. Okay. But it's more, the wisdom aspects are more by example. Here is this person that's declaring, here's where I am. Here's where I've been. Here's, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm doing. And it brings wisdom to the forefront. And of course, the wisdom here is go to God. Go to God. Go to God. Well, you know, one of the other ties that I think might see it, cause us to see it as wisdom is I also recognize that James, the letter that James mm-hmm. wrote, mm-hmm. as I'm reading this psalm, that's what's constantly flooding my mind. There's three or four things yeah. as, I, as I'm reading through this that it makes me think of James. And, and James is very much like the wisdom book of the New Testament. 
you know, there, there's some wisdom and some prophetic mm-hmm. elements of James as it gives that kind of practical Christianity. Here's how you live out this faith. Sure. Well, hey, so to that end, one of the big components of James, most of the third chapter of James, is all about the tongue and all about speech. And I noticed some connections here about the tongue as well in this psalm. In fact, it's how the psalm starts. Mm-hmm. I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle so long as the wicked are in my presence. Uh, I, I don't know, Andrew, I don't know what your perspective is on what this first verse is all about. And especially as he goes on saying, I was mute and silent. I held my peace. And there, there's a lot of this that even after studying it now pretty pretty intensely and in depth and seeing what a lot of folks have said, I, I'm still kind of confused about this first paragraph, if we can call it a paragraph in a poem, this first verse, this first segment, exactly what's going on there. I understand later in the psalm that he's clearly in that position, like in the previous psalm, where he's being, God's hand is against him. There's some sin that's right. going on in his life, right. and he's dealing with the consequences of that. And so we, we've got uh, th- those kind of things happening right now. Um, you know, why why is it that he's keeping quiet? I, yeah. And especially in the presence of the enemies. I, is it because the enemies are tempting him to sin with his tongue? So he's saying, you know what, I'm going to be silent. In the presence of the wicked, I'm, I'm going to be silent. So, yeah, would that be the idea of, again, going back to Psalm 1, I'm around scoffers, I'm being tempted to scoff along, I think that join could be in? I think that could be that, that could be it. And he, he said, doesn't want to do that. Yeah, here are these wicked people, they're trying to get me to sin with my tongue, and I am saying, I'm, I'm just not even going to say anything. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. Um, is, is he afraid that uh, he's going to give them a reason to discredit him, that mm-hmm. something is going on? So, so one of the ideas is that Kind of like in Psalm 73, where Asaph talks about the fact that he was really struggling and he was seeing all the wicked. Right, right. And he actually said, if I had spoken thus, mm-hmm. you know, I, and now I'm trying to remember his next statement, but it's something like I would have sinned against my generation. Right. It's the idea that, look, I get it. I'm in a bad place right now. I'm struggling in my relationship with God. And if I go ahead and talk about it, it's going to give people reason to discredit me, to discredit God. And I'm not going to do that. I think, too, in that situation or that scenario, if he is speaking and, and sinning with his tongue, the enemies would be quick to call him out on that for sin and speech. You know, there's that that fantastic double standard. Oh, you say you're a Christian. Yeah. So when a naughty word slips out of your mouth, everybody looks around. Oh, oh, well, I thought you were a Christian. I can't believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and so maybe that is what's maybe, going and, on, and he here. doesn't want to do that. I I think at the same time he may be afraid of not just them discrediting him, but them justifying themselves in their own verbal sins. If he goes ahead and speaks in this moment, he he'll give that. The other possibility is he's just angry at them, and he knows right. that if he lashes out in anger, that that's a sin. Right. Right. I don't know exactly what his worry here is, his fear is, other than the general statement. And so I just want to stay back at this rather than rather than trying to dig in and say, oh, this is what's going on. This is why he's saying this is what I recognize. He says clearly is I don't want to sin with my mouth. Yeah, I don't want to sin with my mouth. And that does take me to James. It does. It's a major component in James chapter three. Uh, I might just start reading in verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue 
is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body, sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile, of creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You skipped the first two verses, but I think those are just as important in this conversation. I, I know that's, that's those are the two that are hardest for us to grasp. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. I, I wonder if that doesn't tie in. I know there's a little difference in the way the English Standard translates it uh, back in Psalm 39 than the New King James did. If you go back to uh, go back to Psalm 39. Tell me what the New King James, I know we'll read it tomorrow, but in Psalm 39 and verse 2, what does yours Give say there? Away there? I was mute with silence. I held my peace, even from good, and yeah. my sorrow was stirred up. Yeah, so the ESV says, I held my peace to no avail, and so they take that as, I held my peace, but it did no good. Ah. A lot of the other translations, I held my peace, even from good. It's almost like that idea of, I, I'm not even going to try to say anything good, because I'm afraid that I'm going to mess it up. Right. I'm afraid I'm going to stumble. And that's yeah, why that's I wanted to haul, call out those first two verses in James 3, because it's almost like that same approach. Yeah. Here's this thing that says, I'm in this position, and, and I'm in danger of sinning with my tongue, and I'm just going to be completely silent, because it is hard not to stumble with the tongue. Yeah, so I take that away from James, certainly, that we need to be very careful before we speak. It's very easy to sin with our tongue. We uh, create great fires that we never intended, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, So is there, uh, I guess, an answer for that that you're seeing here? Well, So David tries to be silent. Yeah. But I, it, it's that, almost it doesn't like, seem to work. Yeah, right? it's almost like in Psalm thirty-nine that we even have this example of what James says: it's impossible to tame the tongue. Here's this person that's trying to bring his tongue under complete control, and he's I'm going to be silent. I'm going to be silent, but it's just like it's burning in him. It's it's just he's he's burning up. He's got the fire in his bones. Kind of reminds us of the last Psalm that said, "Fret not," and we realized oh. that was the heat. It's different oh. words here, so I don't know. It's talking about anger per se, like that one, but it's still that that same idea that it's just burning and burning and I've got to say something. And his answer is notice who he actually says something to. Hmm. He's speaking to the Lord. Verse four, Lord, make me to know my end. So when he's got this, so whatever is exactly going on that he's worried about saying the wrong thing in front of the people. And so he's going to control his speech when he finally has to burst forth rather than bursting forth in the presence of those people or at those people, Mm -hmm. he turns it to God. Mm -hmm. And so he brings to God, all this thing that I'm dealing with, whatever I'm going on, help me understand it. Give me understanding. And so I think that's a powerful thing. Now, I I don't want to be... I don't want to act like the only thing we're allowed to do with our tongue is pray, because if that were the case, then you and I couldn't even be talking about this. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we, we obviously know that is not what either James is saying or David is saying. But to me, I think the, the really practical thing I get out of bringing these things together is the fact that probably before I speak, maybe even before I talk to you here behind this microphone, I need to spend a lot more time thinking mm-hmm. and a lot more time praying. Mm-hmm. thinking and praying before I talk, which, you know, I think James also says, be quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to speak and slow to wrath, and slow to anger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, 
yeah, that's right. Think, listen, pray before we speak. I find it interesting. Oh, wait, no, I don't. That's not the word we say. (laughs) I find it instructive. There you go. (laughs) That uh, in Psalm 39, he is very concerned about speaking to other people, but he is willing to speak to the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know something that we've kind of talked about on again, off again in the Psalms is, well, what can I say to God? Do I cross lines when I'm talking to God? Well, I'm not saying we cross lines, but we ought to be able to, and we can talk to God first. Mm -hmm. He's the one that already knows our hearts, and uh, he's going to understand a little better what's coming, I guess, as we are preparing to Mm -hmm. speak to other people. And so it's, it's why prayer is always important, profound, mm-hmm. impactful. I need to be spending time in prayer. I need to be praying. It's going to help me when I talk to other people. Uh, just before we wrap up, there's one other connection I want to make here, and that goes back to James 1.26. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So it starts off with, if you're not bridling your tongue, everything else you're doing in religion is worthless. And then that unstained from the world thing, that actually tied to what it said about the tongue, that it stains the whole body and it's a world of unrighteousness. This is an important matter. Perhaps we should draw a little bit closer to how David starts this psalm. Amen. So glad that you joined us for Text Talk today. We'd love to know what you're getting from the Word of God. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this psalm and the beginning of several conversations about it. Father, help us to take away some real practical things of of our need to, to think, to listen, to pray, and then before speaking to others, especially, Father, when we're getting agitated, when there's fires burning in our hearts about who knows what. God, help us not to set that fire loose through our tongue, but to glorify you with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.